Welcome to Wood Talk Online Radio, for woodworkers, by woodworkers. Now, here are the three guys who actually are under the illusion that woodworking is cool. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's episode 79 for February 16th, 2011, or 2011, as they, as the kids say these days. On today's oh, show, cool kids. Yeah, we just got to We got to so keep with it. it. Yeah, it's all right. We could, uh, we could all just sit here and listen to Justin Bieber all day, and that'll, that'll bring us up to speed. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So on today's show, we're going to be discussing whether plywood. This is just a few of the things we're going to be discussing. Whether uh, plywood has a place in fine furniture. We're going to talk about Fine Woodworking's new website, as well as our favorite articles, blog posts, and Wood Talk Online forum posts. And guys, it's. It's been a while. We, I mean, what, what, like before Christmas, I think was our last show. So we've had a little bit of a break here. Uh, definitely, yeah. I had to blow the dust off my microphone, and I then I had to go take some antihistamines because it was so bad. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. Uh, well, did you guys have a good break? I mean, did you did you miss doing this, or you know, could you take it or leave it? Just, just so everyone knows, I was contacting Matt and Mark like every other day saying, let's do another show. Let's do another show. And they were like, whatever. <laughs> what so they were blowing me off. So. Yeah. And I kept asking Mark, I'm like, damn it, how did he get my new email address? I keep changing this thing, and he keeps finding Are you giving it to him? Uh, I can't get away from this guy. Yeah, we actually did get a lot of... Uh, a lot of requests to get the show going. And the problem was it's just, you know, during a guild build, it's really tough for me. And this is one of those for fun things. And as soon as it becomes not fun for us, that's when we're going to stop doing it. So, um, you know, not to say that it isn't fun. It was just lower on the priority scale. And I figured it's, it's definitely been enough time. I'm really busy right now, but I figured we could squeeze one of these bad boys in. So, uh, Matt, you want to tell them before we get too far into this, tell them how they can get a hold of us. Absolutely. As always, you know, there's several different ways you can get a hold of us. If you ever have a comment, a question, or a suggestion about something you're going to hear in today's show, or maybe something you'd like to hear in an upcoming episode, you can email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com, or you can call and leave us a voicemail on our voice voicemail line, <laughs> which is which is different from our hotline, uh, which is 623-242-2450. Of course, you can also find all three of us on Twitter as at Wood Whisperer, at Renaissance WW, or at MBW Podcast, which actually I have a hard time for some reason finding myself on there. I always <laughs> mess it up. It's, it's, it's really bad. Yeah, I expect it to be Matt or something related to your name, but MBW always, always screws me up. Yeah, it, 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 it's uh, sometimes I put an MDF podcast mm-hmm. and I get a completely different show. <laughs> um, but that's that's my show. Where you can get a hold of us is, of course, you can find us over on Facebook. And last but not least, don't forget to check us out on the forum over at woodtalkonline.com, where it's not just us, it's all of you and many more people who probably are really cussing us out right now for having it at seven o'clock on a Wednesday, but ha ha. <laughs> you know what? It's earlier. It's still daylight out. I can do this and then, you know, not be absolutely ravishing, starving, hungry when we're done with the show, which is always a plus. So, right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, I don't know the time works better for me. Um, I, I guess I'm the most important person here. Right. So who cares? What there you else? go. No, I, I agree. I like the fact that it's not going to be 10, 30, 11 o'clock when we're done my time. So yeah, cool. most important, I'm going to be getting out just in time to watch modern family. So that's, mm. that's probably the, the number one thing for me, you know, not to completely sidetrack us, which it totally is, but that, that is a great show, but you know what I'm hooked on and I'm really not ashamed to admit it is this show called your cutoff. 
Oh, <laughs> I secretly watch it. I, oh, I, I DVR it and then I watch it late at night. It's the worst <laughs> show in the world and I can't stop watching it because it's just rich girls <laughs> having to deal with not having money and it's it's hilarious. It's my little uh, my little secret, which is not so secret anymore. <laughs> oh, hey, well, you know, speaking of little secrets, Mark, we have a special little secret tonight. I don't know if anybody else other than the three of us know about mm-hmm. this. No. Uh, you you want to clue everybody in on our special little secret we got going on tonight? Yes, absolutely. We have we're going to try a little experiment. Let's put it that way. And this new version of Skype allows me to very easily add people to the conference as they call in. So we thought we might invite you guys to call in to the show while we do it and interact with us. Uh, I guess if we have a topic or something that's particularly interesting and you have a comment to make, give us a call. If it's something where we, you know, maybe at the end we'll have a little Q&A session where we could pull people in and we'll just see how it goes. None of us are really, you know, used to this type of thing and it may be an absolute disaster. Um, (laughs) But if it is, we're going to blame it on you. So if you want to and you have, a, you know, you get inspired to give us a call, just call the phone number. It's 623-242-2450. And if I ignore it, it's because I'm not, you know, it's not the right time to pull it in. So, <laughs> you know, you're beating it to the punch. You've already heard the music, but it's the wrong song. So don't yeah. call in at that point because you're not going to win the tickets to uh, Justin Bieber live. Yeah, exactly. So we'll give it a shot. So we'll, we'll announce the number a couple different times, especially if it's something we want to get your opinions on. Uh, and if you call in now and just give us the opinion that this show sucks, that's that doesn't count. Um, you know, let's wait till a little bit later on. Samantha, get off the phone. <laughs> She's already <laughs> dialing. Yeah, this uh, this really sucks. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the meat of this business here uh, with what's on the bench. I'll go first. Um, well, most of you probably know I'm in the middle of the guild build. That's two. Oh, that's what you've been doing. That's, that's I thought been you keeping were just... me busy. Yeah, yeah it's uh, two, two wall-hanging cabinets I'm making, and, you know, this whole two-project thing, guys, whose idea was this, right? I mean, yeah, you're an idiot. Right. There's no other way to put it. <laughs> I mean, it, it can't be, exactly, it can't be said better than that. And I'm, I'm just kind of plowing through it, trying to get both of the versions done, and frankly, they're coming out... They're coming out nicely, but, uh, you know, maybe in the future I'll be simplifying things a little bit for these builds, but we're moving along pretty at a pretty good clip. Um, you know, the interesting thing that I've been thinking a lot about is this is my first project. One of the versions is completely uh, done with pocket screws, and this is the first time I've done that. And it really is a bit of an eye-opener. Uh, number one, it's super fast. We, we kind of knew that already. But the joints, you know, if you get them right, they are fairly strong, but I'm a little bit disappointed overall in the feel of these joints. Uh, You know, for something like putting pieces of plywood together for a case, Mm -hmm. just when you put those two together, that just does not feel as good to me or as satisfying to me as having a piece in a rabbit, you know, that's been reinforced or a dado or something like that. So I'm not coming down, you know, too hard on, on pocket screws here, but I was just a little bit, I, I kind of knew this going into it, but it was just sort of bolstering the, the reason why I don't use them very often in my furniture. So I, I kind of hate to say it, but that's true. It, it sounds like uh, uh, like that satisfaction of when you're working on the 5,000 piece puzzle, and you find the one that's, you know, the last piece and you, you've been searching or maybe next to last piece and you're searching and you just want to drop it in. That's what it sounds like is is, is you're missing that 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 satisfaction of, of, of finding that final piece or I'm, next to final piece. I'm pretty sure if I thought about that for about five minutes, I might understand the analogy. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, so apparently you're not a puzzler. You haven't spent many a fine night making root beer sodas, and, uh, uh, 
floats and sitting around and putting together the the puzzle piece of the Dutch landscape. <laughs> uh, actually, we do. Nicole and I, believe it or not, we go completely analog uh, once in a while and we put a puzzle together, but I still don't understand. But <laughs> so, okay, so now, that now that we know how you feel about puzzles, Matt, how do you feel about pocket screws? <laughs> I, I, I like them in certain locations, but I know exactly what you're talking about. There's the, there is some of that satisfaction in there of working on the joint, getting, you know, the, the mating pieces to come together just the right way. And I, I know what you're talking about. Just it is almost like it's oversimplified, yeah. or it's it's just simplified when you do just the, the basic pocket screw. But yeah, it is a hell of a lot faster. There's no getting around it. Well, and especially in plywood, you know, I, I imagine let's let's think of these two pieces butt jointed, and you basically have a big L shape with the top of the cabinet and the side of the cabinet. With a couple of screws in there, I just feel like I could so easily push those pieces apart and rip those screws right out. Uh, mm -hmm. And if that's a reinforced rabbit of some sort, or maybe a piece in a dado, you're going to have a lot more trouble and you're probably going to destroy the side piece before you destroy, you know, the top piece, for instance. So I don't know. Well, I, I, I'm holding off my complete judgment until the project is actually 100% done. But, uh, right. you know, I just found myself a little bit disappointed. But anyway, I don't know if that's true. I don't know about surprise. you guys, but I haven't used my pocket my Krieg jig or whatever in a while. Cause you know, I took it and mounted it on a piece of plywood. Mm -hmm. So it's all that one little unit right? and it's hanging on the wall. In fact, if you watch a lot of my videos, you can see it in the background hanging on the wall. It's a um, cinder block. Cause the shop is kind of partially submerged. We're in a split level house. So from the window level down is actually underground. <clears throat> and I got some condensation on that wall behind it. Mm -hmm. So if you pull it off the wall, the bottom side of the plywood is like all green and moldy. Nice. <laughs> so I pretty much just leave it on the wall. I don't use it much anymore because it, it frightens me. Yeah, it's well, interesting. Unless you need antibiotics, in which case that could work. <laughs> Spray it down with bleach, something like that. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, with it up on the wall like that, you could potentially use that as a coat hook. So you <laughs> could be using it all the time or maybe even, you know, potentially like a, a, a third hand for you if you had to like put up some molding or something, just pop that up there and you're all set. It seems like <laughs> that would be a good use for it. Could very well be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing that's going on is the new old shop. I'm sure you guys have, have heard that. I'm actually in the process of prepping for... The big move to go back, it's kind of like, you know, like uh, a little kid with too much sugar that just keeps running in circles and circles and getting nowhere. Uh, I'm going back to the old shop and taking all my tools with me. So I've uh, got a video coming out on Friday about the initial part of this project and what it's going to entail. So that's that's good fun. Frankly, I'm pretty darn excited. Have you actually mentioned like what the catalyst for that is? I mean, have you just given up on selling the house or what? Um, I think I may have mentioned it, but it's, you know, I, I don't get too deep into it because it's just family, you know, BS crap. Yeah. But um, the bottom line is the house isn't selling. This market isn't getting any better. I mean, it is getting a little bit better now, but I don't know that we want to sit here and kind of weather the storm with the house on the market anymore. So, uh, you know, the family dynamic thing has worked out. My parents are actually moving back into the house and the garage space is just sitting there. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm paying this mortgage. I may as well have the business cover a portion of the mortgage and say that it's renting this space from me. And this way I can actually move the shop back in there, have all that space back again. And we're on to what, what basically was plan B. If the house didn't sell, we were going to just make the, the best of it and try and get it to work. So I actually get my three car garage here will become a regular garage where I can park. And Nicole's all excited about it. I think you heard that. <laughs> Christmas decorations will have a place to live and we'll actually have our spare bedroom. We'll actually be a spare bedroom instead of a spare storage closet. 
Um, so that, that's really what it's all coming down to, just making uh, lemonade out of lemons. I just I had these visions that the house was still on the market and like the realtor's trying to show it and you're in the shop making god awful <laughs> racket and noise and it's like Keep it down. my mom's a real estate agent I I tend to think of these things it's like yeah yeah that, uh, yeah you're not going to sell it that way Mark that's going to make it tough <laughs> you don't think um, no the house has actually been off the market since August so uh, oh, okay. we this has been a plan that's been in the works and finally the details are being worked out now and you know one thing I'll mention I was having trouble finding that mover that we used the last time. And I think it cost me about 475 bucks. And I thought that was really reasonable. And I could not, for the life of me, get this dude's information. So I made a few phone calls and got a mover that said that they can move things like pianos and hot tubs and stuff. The guy came out, gave me an estimate. It's going to cost me even less. It's going to be just over 300 bucks to move oh, everything wow. back to the shop in one shot. Very wow. nice. <laughs> nice, right? I mean, that's nothing. Absolutely. Jeez, like, you know, to save the, can you imagine the amount of work that would be for, for me to try to pull that off myself? So, yeah. Yeah, though, no, I, I, I can imagine that. That's like trying to get um, a granite top table saw down the stairs into a <laughs> shop, followed by a granite topped eight inch jointer down to the shop. Now, Basically, yeah, I was going to say. Wanna, I want to tell my sponsors, I really appreciate this, but cash is nice too, <laughs> because I'm going to need it for all the uh, medical bills I have to pay. <laughs> cash is just a lot lighter than granite. Uh, who knew? <laughs> it is, absolutely. You know, I have I have this thing that I think we should do with your shop is, is once you get yourself moved back in, mm -hmm. we just need to have a complete denial that you ever left so if people are like oh you moved back in you'd be like i i never moved out what are you talking about it can be like that whole thing with dallas yeah you, know, yeah, you, yeah. you were watching someone else's show i didn't move anywhere what are you doing <laughs> well i don't i didn't want to you kind of let the the uh what is it the cat out of the bag i was going to say the rabbit out of the hat but that doesn't make sense uh, I, I actually did have this whole plan took the for screw out of the pocket. You took the screw out of the pocket. You <laughs> ripped, you ripped it right out is what you did. Uh, yeah, I actually was thinking about doing a little skit that would involve a dream sequence and, you know, taking flashbacks of the last year and being like, no, no, you know, the three car garage. No. And, and then I'm actually back in the old shop and that will be the, the new season of the wood whisper in the new shop. So well, what, what I'm going to tell people is if they ever ask about it, I'm just going to say, dude, it's all about camera angles. How do you think <laughs> I look so thin on camera? Exactly. There we go. Uh, well, speaking of yeah. those granite top tools, Matt, you uh, you look like you have some new tools there. Is that what you've been up to lately? Yeah, that that um, is, is the is the big thing. Of course, we've had a few other things going on that are, are, are not so much woodworking related, you know, the, the typical family yeah. stuff. But what we do have is we, we, we got two brand new tools. And I'm really excited about this because... Um, one of them, I actually sold a a benchtop drill press this past summer thinking, you know, I don't really need a drill press. I mean, seriously, a drill press in a wood shop, there are times it's nice, but the majority of the time with projects I've been building, I never, ever use them. Mm -hmm. As soon as I said that, yeah, a project came up where a drill press would have been amazingly helpful. <laughs> right. So anyways, I ended up getting a 17-inch um, a, a uh, um, Steel City drill press, which I have to admit, this is the lightest thing so far that I've been managed to, uh, to, to get from Steel City. And it, it went together really easy. Uh, it's, a, it's insane. I mean, the, the, the quill length on this thing is like, well, it's 17 inches. I mean, hence 17-inch steel, uh, steel drill press. But it, it, it works amazing. It has like like a, a, a transmission basically on this. So you're <laughs> like, well, I want to change the RPMs. Before, I always had to stick my fingers in there. Something ends up getting jammed, usually my finger. And, <laughs> right. you know, there's a pinch, there's a swear, then, you know, all that stuff. This, I basically just turn this little knob and it moves the setting 
to w whatever RPM is best for the, the drill bit or whatever it is that I'm using, whether it's like a, uh, whether I'm doing some sanding or even I'm thinking they, um, the, the, the mortise attachment that mm -hmm. I ended up getting years and years ago that was way too big for the benchtop one that I had might actually work with this. Oh, now, yeah, yeah I, I'm not too thrilled about using a mortise attachment on my drill press, ideally a mortiser or maybe doing it by hand would probably be the, the best way to go about it. But now that I've got it, I, I think I might revisit that a little bit. I don't know. It's just me. Yeah, give it a shot, man. Let me know how it yeah, works out. Sure. Yeah, so I might actually maybe I should buy like some better mor uh, mortising chisel, uh, you know, accessory for that because the ones I have right now, basically, um, they're not quite Harbor Freight, but uh, <laughs> they're not too far from it. <laughs> you know, I actually have trouble finding those in sort of an upgraded brand. Like even when you look, I don't know, on Amazon or anywhere you'd expect to to find this type of thing, um, you could find like Jet makes a brand, but I never really, like if you really want to get kind of like you're buying any other tool, you go to a higher level. I can't right. seem to find them made by a company that you would consider a higher level quality than just the manufacturers. So I'm not even sure if they're out there, but uh, that's why I keep those little cone sharpener things on hand all the time, just to make sure I keep them nice and sharp. Absolutely. I've got a couple of those and yeah, I'm going to have to break those out and see where, well, first what I'm going to have to do is I've had those things out in the garage because I was kind of hoping I would sell them when the, uh, the drill press went, right. but they've been sitting out there all this time. And I have a feeling I have to do a little uh, rust removal before we get started on this because, uh, when I opened the box, it was like one of those, Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> please be in there and not be a pile of rust. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. happening? So, but the other thing I have, and I really super excited about this is a brand new dust collector Ooh. and yeah very very excited about it it's, it's a huge step up my my old one worked fantastic you were uh really you had to have only about maybe like a five foot hose away from the machine before you started running into issues and uh, it was about 500 cfm this one's coming in at well over 1200 so it's insane. I mean, I put my hand on it and almost lost it in the in the hose. So it was just, <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it because I can actually have it off in a corner, out of the way, not worrying about it, have the hose stretched to it. And I'm getting even better suction than I did before. So it's it's one of those, why the hell didn't I do this earlier kind of a situation? Yeah, seriously. That's awesome. You know, hey. I remember when I upgraded to my current one, My, it, I think it's similar flow. I think it's a steel city, but... Mm -hmm. um, in one and oh, a half I thought you were talking about your dustpan and the uh, the horsehair broom that you're using now. <laughs> yeah, that works really well too. It's but, quite powerful. You know, the, the secret is I sweep it all into a pile and then turn on the dust collector and suck it out. <laughs> That's what I do too. <laughs> but the, the first time I turned that thing on, the suction on it was a little scary, and I almost lost a chisel. <laughs> Because <laughs> yes. there was like a chisel on the bench. Can you imagine the, the noise that a chisel would make? Not only that and the Ooh. sheer destruction that a, oh. a A2 chisel would make being sucked into the hose. But it's like the chisel like started to move across the bench top. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> Well, you know, what's really interesting is when, when you first turn it on, I didn't expect it to, I mean, number one, it's easily twice the size. The bags are twice the size of the old one that I had. So my first concern is I only have a seven foot high ceiling and it's literally almost touching the, the, the top of the ceiling. So it's like one of those, all right, well, God, I hope this doesn't get any bigger. This could be insane. Wow. But, um, when I turned it on, you know how powerful it is when that, that, that 10 foot uh, hose that you have suddenly starts collapsing down to like two feet because it's just, <laughs> it's sucking it that hard. You're like, you know, I literally had to grab it and turn it off. I, I didn't expect that. I, I didn't expect it at all. So this is pretty exciting. So I think my next big thing, and I'm going to try and 
look into this. Obviously, I need to do some more research on it. We've talked about it here on the show several times. There's tons of articles. But the, the with it being able to be over in a corner, that means I can start putting in more stationary duct work. Nice. And yeah. Yeah, so it's like one of those, am I going to go to all metal? Am I... I've played with the idea of PVC. I know a lot of people will start ripping their hair out that I even mentioned that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's one of those, I, that I'm, I'm doing a lot of research now when I should be working. And it's one of those things that who knows, maybe in, in the next month or so we'll, we'll see something going on in the shop with that. But cool. yeah, this is very, very exciting. I might actually have dust being pulled out of my machines versus me having to stop, empty the dust and then continue. Dude, so. it's the only way to go. I mean, once you start going with with dust collection, it just makes life so much easier. Oh god, I'm yeah. Curious to hear how that ducting goes for you because I've I've just never bothered to do it, frankly. And granted, I do mostly handwork these days, but you know, supposedly I can hook up multiple machines and I can run it. I've just never bothered to. My shop is so small. Bringing duct work in there might actually <laughs> I might not have any place to turn around. Um, yeah. And with the low ceiling, I'm about the same as you. I've got about a seven-foot ceiling. And it, I just, I don't know. More often than not, I just hook up one machine at a time. And because of the suction, I can just move that hose around. And a 10-foot hose gets me pretty much anywhere I need to in my shop. <laughs> right. I'm curious to see how that goes. Of course, you know, the whole idea of ducting and, and metal ductwork and PVC, that's about, that's like bevel up, bevel down planes or yes. how to sharpen or pins or tails first. Right. That's right. One, of those, one of those cagey topics that... I don't know. I can see the emails now. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, so hopefully know, we'll have a, a good discussion about this coming up. But, yeah, and, you know, when it comes to that ceiling, you know, just, just throw this out there. I know, Shannon, you're about a foot taller than me, so I'm, I think I'm doing okay here. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's got a little bit more headroom than you do, Shannon. <laughs> yeah. I could have, like, dual duct work stacked on top of each other, and I still got plenty of headroom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Shannon, what's, uh, what's going on in your shop? Well, uh, like you, Mark, I've got... Uh, the hand tool school is keeping me very busy. Mm -hmm. um, I, I still don't know how you managed to <laughs> do two projects and keep the wood whisperer going. Yeah. I had it's a, all camera angles. <laughs> camera tricks. <laughs> Lots of camera tricks. <laughs> I, I had, a, as people probably realized, I had a rather lengthy hiatus on renaissancewoodworker.com. I managed to finally get two more podcasts out recently. And I remember, uh, Mark, you had, I don't know whether it's a blog post or a tweet or something like that. At one point you said, I'm sitting down and I'm writing out a schedule for myself. And, mm -hmm. and you know what? I finally did it and it was the smartest thing I ever did. Yeah. So I've actually got my next, I think, 18 Renaissance Woodworker podcasts mapped out. You nice. Know, when I, what date I want to release them, what topics I'm going to cover. And you've even kind of, you know, you take a little bit of time at lunch break every day and kind of start outlining what you're going to cover. And there's actually some rhyme or reason to it all. Because, of course, that's what I've done with the hand tool school. You know, I've got specific lessons. I know exactly what I'm supposed to cover. They all kind of play off one another. So we'll see how that goes. But it it, it bugged me that I wasn't getting as much content out on Renaissance Woodworker. Because, mm -hmm. and, and honestly, I don't know how you feel about this. But when I do something on, on the free site, it's kind of liberating. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I you feel like and, you've and, uh, satisfied the beast a little bit. You've thrown a, yeah. you know... Well, and and listeners, please don't take this the wrong way, but I don't feel like I have to try so hard because <laughs> no one's paying for the content. And, and so it's like, you know what? That camera angle, that's good. That's yeah, good hence, enough. Hence, hence the reason why Matt's Basement Workshop will probably never have <laughs> a, a premium portion. <laughs> I, I don't have to work off of notes and outlines and things like that. I just talk, you know? I just yeah. 
it's a little liberating. And anyway, um, so I, I'm actually, we were just about, I'm actually editing the ninth lesson of 12 for the first semester on sliding dovetails. I'm pretty excited about that one. Um, so I'm really close to wrapping up the first semester. Cool. I'm uh, putting finishing touches on the SketchUp drawing for the final project, which is a hanging tool cabinet. Should be a lot of fun. Nice. And um, looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited to kind of finish that first semester and get some feedback on the lesson plan that I built last October and how it actually helped people. Yeah, cool. Um, on top of that, I actually did get a commission. Um, I do occasionally do commissions, and I was actually commissioned to build a federal bed. Uh, it's a Hepplewhite-style bed, and uh, I'm really excited about this, except for the fact that I don't know where I'm going to, like how I'm going to work on it in my little shop because the <laughs> bed posts are eight feet. Um, and again, seven foot tall ceiling, that's going to be an issue. But, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, is this the one that was, um, from the, 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 what was it? You were on a local TV thing and you said you got a commission based on <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. I was on, oh, nice. um, I got interviewed by Maryland public television and I was just joking about it. Cause it's on this really obscure, like money manners, money matters show. And, um, lo and behold, I got a, I got an inquiry on the website saying, hey, saw you on Maryland Public Television. I'd love to talk to you about a project I have in mind. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, what's this going to be? You know, it's going to be somebody who wants something for $4 or whatever. And it called the guy up and um, he's actually a, a, a medical doctor and loves, loves woodwork, loves woodworking. But he, he's kind of of the mindset that, you know, there's no way I would ever get anything done. And as much as I would love to uh, try to learn to build it myself, you know, I, I'm already, I don't know, I think he's in his fifties or something like that. He's like, I'm already too old in order to be able to get it done in time. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was one of those kind of perfect situations where you start talking to a potential customer and you just really hit it off. We have very much the same taste in, in furniture. Um, he's a huge federal, specifically hippo white fan. So we had some fun kind of digging through uh, my myriad of, of coffee table style furniture books and came across, um, very, very typical. It's not the field bed. It doesn't have the, the canopy over. It's just a four poster, but right. it's going to be fun. Um, you know, it's got fluted columns. Uh, there's some acanthus leaf carving on it, which that should be interesting. I've only ever done that once. So we'll see how that goes. Nice. Nice. Um, well, and most importantly, he has money. Well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, I actually, cool. um, I, I wrote a post on this a while ago, but I, I saw the uh, the new easy wood tool turning tools at the woodworking show recently. Uh -huh. And um, I picked up one and I'm really kind of excited. I, I've played around with it, only just taking like a piece mm -hmm. of maple and saw how it rounded something out. And I think I'm going to build, do the turning part with that tool. It's a It's a pretty sweet idea. Isn't that the um, one that uh, David Marks has a signature version? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's basically just carbide tips. Yeah. You know, it's the same idea between like um, helix cutter heads where you can just turn the tip around and right. it's good yeah. to go. Technically they're, I guess they're disposable, but they, you know, they're carbide. So they cut a really, really long time. But the idea is, is, and, and frankly, I know there's going to be a lot of people that come out and say, Hey, that's cheating. But Christopher Schwartz has some, so Nah, nah. Um, it's, it, you basically keep the tool like flat on the rest. There is no rotational motion in order to engage the bevel. It's, so it acts very much like a scraping tool. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's really amazing. I mean, they cut really fast. And as far as spindle work goes, forming coves and beads and all that stuff, it's extraordinarily easy to do. So mm -hmm. it's like 
it's cheating. It's absolutely cheating. Turning should not be that easy. So if you wanted to get into turning and we're kind of concerned about it, that's a really easy way to do it. So. It looks cool though. I mean, I've uh, had my eye on those for a while and I just don't turn enough to really justify yeah. buying any more turning tools, but, um, but they would, are fantastic. I would go so far to say that they are the domino of, of turning tools, you know, as yeah, people, yeah. cause remember the domino caught a lot of flack about, well, people will never learn how to cut a mortise and tenon. Sure. sure. Either this makes it so easy. No one will ever learn. And that's yeah. kind of where these are. The whole cheating um, thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So depends well, for, on your uh, point of view, but I like them. I like them. like them a lot. The way I look at it is it's probably something the shakers would have used if the shakers had the opportunity. And that's my excuse for everything. Hey, if we, if we, that, the shakers would have used them. If There's we take no it there, it. I think any any you know craftsman in the past, if he, if he or she had access to the things we have access to, they'd use them. And they wouldn't think twice about it because it means they would make money faster. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I can just do what? Just turn it around? Yeah, um, get me one. In fact, you, apprentice, get the hell out of here. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's move along, If that's uh, if, unless there's anything else you guys need to add. Nope. Okay. Uh, we've got our little magazine article blog post roundup here with a couple things that we found that we thought were interesting. And I think this first one here, Shannon, I believe you put this one here, the Jeff Miller uh, blog thing. Is that yours? No, I think that was Matt. Matt. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's why it says me. Matt next to it. Oh crap! Te- technically, it's above it. I even I even asked you guys to do that too, and you you <laughs> right. went and did it, and then I ignored it. Okay, Matt. As I was saying, you have this Jeff Miller thing in the show notes here. Much rather than take it. Pretty excited over the over the long break. Uh, the nice thing is, while we weren't doing much, apparently some other people were were keeping themselves pretty busy and introducing some new stuff. Overachievers. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 kind of why I was bringing this up. I'm like, everybody go over and jeer Jeff for being an overachiever. Damn it! <laughs> but uh, anyways, Jeff Miller, I, I talk about him all the time. I I go to his studio in Chicago periodically, especially for the Lee Nielsen events. And an amazing furniture maker. His big thing is chairs. I mean, he is an absolute uh, a chair aficionado. He does all sorts of neat things. I've got pictures of like the chair he built with that looks like a torture chamber kind of a thing, where it's all like screw heads. Oh yeah, and, and it's actually yeah, and it's actually comfortable. Aiden and I both sat in it, and neither one of us came away with too many indents in our back. Unless you have long hair, that could be yes. <laughs> that, that could that, be a that, nightmare. That could be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so or he you started sit in a, it naked. Oh yeah, it could be cold. Uh, well, actually, I, well, I was close. I had shorts on. <laughs> Matt's like, actually, that's what I did. Yeah. I, I asked try- Jeff, I'm like, can we get a sheet up over this? No? Okay, I'll do it right now. It's, it's kind of like licking the ice cream cone, that way you ensure that it's yours. I'm just going to sit in this chair naked. That way you have to give it to me. Nobody else will buy it. I can promise you that. Yeah, so anyways. Um, <laughs> but he has, he has a... <laughs> no, you threw me off. Sorry that about that. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so, so Jeff has a brand new chair blog up, and this is really neat because uh, uh, the, the first thing he has going on on there is actually kind of getting into to some of the ways that he approaches design and his lamp bent laminates are just insane. I mean, he, anytime I've gone there, he's always doing a little demonstration on how he gets the wood prepped because he uses solid wood. He just cuts it into very thi- th- uh, thin pieces and then relaminates those in the shapes that he wants. And the, his pieces are just gorgeous. The lines, I'm not much of a modern kind of furniture person, but I actually like his lines. I think they're just absolutely beautiful. Cool. And just to give you an idea of, you know, here's a little excerpt from his uh, his blog, the most the first one he has up. It says, you know, it's amazing how tough it is to get 
three-dimensional curves just right from all angles. In an earlier version, I was shocked to see just how awkward certain curves looked from one particular angle when they look so good from somewhere else. Many subtle and some major adjustments later, I think it's much closer to working from all possible angles. And in this little excerpt, if you, if you go to the, the website, uh, we have a, a link in there, you'll see some of the, the pictures that he has and some of, I think he has like even some uh, SketchUp drawings up there showing how he's bringing these really complex joints together to achieve the look that he's, he's going for. And it's so funny because whenever you visit him, there's always these pieces that are just laying around that normally you'd be like, wow, that's an insane project. Look at that. That's beautiful. And he's like, no, actually, that's my that's my rough, you know, drawing. That's my that's my my rough attempt at doing this. And I'm like, I, I can throw that in the back of the car and I'd be more than happy to claim that it's my own. I mean, that's insane. So definitely, if you if you like chair building, if you're interested in, you know, stuff like that, check out Jeff's blog. Um, and of course, you know, like, like a good blogger and everything, he has uh, <clears throat> posts up there for his classes on chair making that he does in his shop. And then uh, at some little school in Indianapolis or something, uh, <laughs> Mark, Mark Adams, I don't know. It's a tiny little, little teeny tiny school. All right. So yeah. that's, that's furnituremaking.com. And I guess his blog is furnituremaking.com slash WordPress because yep. no one told him to do something else. Right. Yeah. He just kind of just like, hey, this is a good slash. Let's go with that one. <laughs> Let's go with WordPress. Um, cool. What a killer domain though. Yeah. Well, that's, um, you know, uh, Daryl Peart has furnituremaker.com, yeah. I believe, right? That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a yeah, good If scooter. you just do com, uh, some guy with a band comes up and it's not <laughs> the Jeff I'm talking about. Not the same guy. <laughs> cool. Steve's brother. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Shannon, what you got, brother? Um, well, I was actually looking through the magazines. Speaking of which, has anybody gotten the latest fine woodworking? I just I just got mine the other day. I think I might have let my subscription lapse. <laughs> I, I've got the online here. one. <laughs> huh. Yeah, anyway. It's not here, um, but it's here. I do have it. Well, I, I was really wanting to kind of pick an article from a magazine other than popular woodworking. Cause it seems like that's all we talk about these days. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, rightfully so it's, it's a very good magazine, but I, um, <clears throat> really <laughs> didn't get my fine woodworking article and I didn't, uh, couldn't look at it. I had no idea what was there. So <laughs> I was looking through the latest popwood and of course, you know, Roy Underhill wrote an article in there and, you know, how do you not read something Roy Underhill wrote? Of course. So it was basically his article on that Rubo book stand. But what I found fascinating is was he wrote it from like an historical fiction perspective, which I just <laughs> thought was really, really cool. Something you just don't see very often. Right. So basically we're talking about Roy Underhill, history and, and woodworking. That was kind of my personal trifecta of the perfect article. And, you know, the, the book stand itself, it's something that I don't know whether that many people are actually going to build it, but from um, kind of a a practice exercise point of view, I think it's a killer project because it's very straightforward, just one board and you turn it into this cool little hinge thing. It's just kind of an engineering marvel. But uh, if you haven't read the article, I highly advise reading it. Um, I mean, obviously I'm a fan of Roy Underhill, but the man is actually extraordinarily intelligent um, when it comes to just history of woodworking and, oh, yeah. and just the history of the world for that matter. I mean, you get a chance to talk to him at Woodworking America, something like that, and you truly understand what it takes to be on the air for 30 years right. and, and just the body of knowledge that he has to have been a, a Colonial Williamsburg house right. I think the, the original house right at Colonial Williamsburg, um, he just has so much locked up in his head. And I think this article kind of gives you a bit of a, a peek inside that 
twisted head of his. So. <laughs> and not to mention, he walks through cityscapes with an X. Right. Yes. And, and doesn't get stopped by the police. They just right. look at him as he walks by. They're busy working on some accident on the side of the road, and they don't care. Uh, that's my <laughs> kind of Which is most likely caused by somebody walking through the streets with, <laughs> with an, an axe. axe. <laughs> that's true. We didn't see what happened two seconds before he showed up on the scene. <laughs> we, oh, we, there's, there's, there's some stranger going around. We're finding in, in, in their wake a uh, hatchet attack. We don't understand. Who could have been? Uh, the guy awesome. with the hatchet? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will actually make a recommendation on a magazine other than popular woodworking. This yeah. is the uh, March 2011 issue of Wood Magazine has a, a pretty small, it's fairly quick article on installing sliders and drawer slides. And I thought it was actually like a nice review. If you haven't really tried this before, or, you know, sometimes getting the exact mounting location, how to mount this, the center mount style, exactly where they go. There's just some nice uh, quick tips and things like that for installing them. So a uh, pretty decent article. It's only about four pages, but uh, certainly worth the read. And there's a few other articles in that issue. Well, the whole issue is good. I don't mean to, you know, single out one, but that's what we're here to do, right? So, um, I think there was so, like a little like scroll saw thing in there too, wasn't there? Like a little, um, yeah, animal so. scroll saw. Cause my, uh, my mother in law actually saw that last time she was over here because it he was sitting out on the coffee table. And she's already decided that I'm supposed to build like Noah and the Ark and all the animals for her next <laughs> Sunday school class. So, nice. Thank you, Wood Magazine. There you go. Yeah, it's, it's a good issue. Wood Magazine is definitely good. Enjoying it. Right. You know, one thing I'm going to mention just real quick for those who have gotten their fine woodworking or uh, have the online one, there's a really neat article and I haven't finished it yet. So don't spoil it for me. But there's one in there about purchasing uh, older tools, uh, old used tools. And I, the first portion of it that I did read, it really fantastic, goes into some of the main things that you want to look for so that, you know, if you immediately spot these things, like I know for a fact one of them is like motor and switch. If the motor looks bad and it's not something that you can get, you know, taken care of right away or not even worth doing, don't do it. Walk away. So there's some good points in there about things to think about because, you know, sometimes – Going used is a great way to get brand new tools into your shop that maybe normally you can't afford. So definitely check that one out. And that's in the what, – what is it with the magazines? Like right now, aren't they – they have the – is it the May issue out? <laughs> I think we're at least in April. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're at least in April. For I think the fine woodworking one is in April. I wish they would have lottery numbers in there for like around that time. Predict, period. That yeah, would predicting cool. the future. They may as well if they're putting magazines out in in they're taking them from the future and sending them to the past, which is just an amazing feat. Yeah. yeah. I just want to know if I'm still alive. They should have like an obituary area in there. And <laughs> today Oh crap. I'm gonna die. All right. Oh <laughs> that's terrible. Okay, let's uh let's move on to our from the forum section. We got a couple things that we noticed in there. Shannon, you got the first one if you want to run with it. Yep, I just had to throw the note in there that as I browse the Wood Talk Online forum, I'm thrilled that there's not Google AdSense for feeds. There is a, a certain other woodworking site out there that has AdSense in their feeds, and I know that it's who is it, Shannon? Bills, Say it. It's Lumberjocks. Yeah, <laughs> just it makes when I'm in I'm in feed reader and my Google reader, it takes blooming forever to scroll through the feeds because it loads every single article, every single ad on every single entry. And so it's, it's not even in the site. It's just, they're using the feed thing. Yeah, it's so in, that's, I, as I'm in Google reader, that's popping up ads in the feed itself. I mean, it's, it's AdSense for feeds, which oh, it just annoys me because it, it causes it to freeze mm. all the time. It freezes mm. up and it's just terrible. So anyway, that's terrible. I was, I was, browsing through the Wood Talk Online forum this morning and last night thinking, what do I want to add to the show notes? And I was like, you know, this is so much faster 
than going through the forum updates on Lumberjock. So there, I said it. <laughs> Wood Talk Online rocks. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of Wood Talk Online forum, um, there is a thread in there. I think it starts with how long does it take to build an 18th century high boy? Mm-hmm. And the, the, the theme of that response is Bob Rosieski is a stud because he responded with like this dissertation that he took from, from Mac Headley. And uh, I believe it was from um, one of the sat from journals, but it's this amazing breakdown of price books and inventory records from 18th century cabinet maker shops. And you really get to see just how fast these guys worked and like breaks it down into, into man hours. Now, of course they worked different uh, they worked like 12-hour, 14-hour days, six days a week. But he breaks it down and does the math into what a typical 40-hour week would look like and just how fast a modern woodworker working at their speed would build the high boy. Right. And I, I, won't, I won't do the spoiler alert. Go read it. But it's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, what's, um, what's really a, awesome about that is the fact that it was a two-sentence question. Yes. And that like, I want to know how long does it take to build this? Boom. And he like nails it with all this information. Which and there's is like, there's like images and drawings and like, oh, it's, it's amazing. It's just, which but, is actually, frankly, pretty typical of Bob's responses in the forum. Yeah. So well, basically it's just Bob's world and we're living here. Well, you know, and, and to, to tell you the truth, when, when you put that into the show notes, I went over there, I'm like, you know what, why isn't Bob a mentor in the forum? So I quickly emailed him and said, Hey dude, do you mind me giving you a little mentor tag? Because you certainly deserve it. So uh, if you look in the forum now, he now has the mentor tag, which means you, and, you can and bug him with your questions. Basically, he always gets to every question before I do. So yeah. by the time I get there, there's nothing left for me to say. So I usually just say, ditto to what Bob said. And then, <laughs> good. He makes my job easy. It's great. Just, I love it when a forum develops little pockets of, you know, of... Um, you know, just people who just like are think tanks on this stuff, who really understand this stuff. So we start to develop personalities who take over as the go-to person for that particular thing. Um, so yeah. it's nice to see a lot of people, you know, doing the o- older furniture that I really could care less about. But it's <gasps> um, I'm, I'm so thankful that there are people <laughs> in the community that do. So that's, 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 an, awesome. that's a uh, open... Oh my, I'm looking at the chat room right now. We just lost half of them. Nice, Mark. Hey, I can't be the only person who doesn't give a crap about really old furniture, but uh, <laughs> maybe someday I'll mature enough and I, and I will care about it, you know? Like, my, like I had to develop a taste for certain foods and things like that that I didn't like when I was a kid. Um, I, I, I'm kind of there with you. The ball and claw foot of anything scares the hell out of me. I'm just, it's, it reminds me of Beauty and the Beast and it's going to come alive and it's probably going to beat me with that ball. So yeah. I don't want it anywhere near me. <laughs> that is a little, that is a scary thing. I mean, if you're a really well done ball and claw foot does look like it's something out of a freaking nightmare. Yeah. I'm just like waiting for like some eyes to pop open on the apron of the table and then just like take flight and come after me. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just a little too much time for stuff to happen in college, but I, it's just me. It is, it is derived from a dragon's foot grasping a pearl. So I suppose that could be a little freaky. Yikes. Well, you is. know, and this is also from the same era that people carried around a little thing with like their lover's eye in there. Like that's not freaky to open up what you thought is a pocket watch to see what time it is. And there's an eyeball staring back at you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we do have another one that I wanted to point out. This is a pretty good discussion that they have going on there. Uh, Diablo posted this. It's a question about whether woodworkers are artists. And he has his thoughts on it. And Diablo, I think he's pretty sure he's like 18 years old. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's going to the uh, North Bennett Street School next year. 
So he's got a, a bright future ahead of him. But he posted this question and sort of a thought-invoking post about whether or not woodworkers can be considered artists and all the different levels of, you know, obviously that's too black and white. You can't exactly say yes or no. Some people are, some aren't. And, and you know, kind of raises that question of what is art. So there's a really good discussion uh, going there. We'll leave the link in the show notes if you want to chime in on that because I think it's a very interesting thing to talk about. Um, that sounds yeah. like an Adam King post. What is art? <laughs> What is art? How can I help you today? Yeah, what is modern? <laughs> what is modern art? What is modern? Oh yes, that, that ooh, that's God, a I that's a throwback there, to woodworking in America. To me. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I actually, I did post a question. Someone did say something about woodworking in America in the forum, and I I was like, what should our T-shirt be? Because I think we should have like custom T-shirts made every year. And I'm thinking, that's right. We were talking about having Adam's comment about what, what is modern, uh, make that into a t-shirt. And then, oh yeah, you know, all 12 of us can laugh at it and no one else will know what it means. <laughs> and we'll all sit in the front row at another one of his uh, uh, um, lectures. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Screwing up woodworking in America since 2010. I think I think Megan Fitzpatrick would bounce you for that. <laughs> she just might. <laughs> she is the, the woodworking in America bouncer. That she is. Yeah, yes. <laughs> she can be scary when she wants to be. She can be very nice when she wants to be too. Okay, um, I wanted to bring up the new site out there. It's startwoodworking.com. Have you guys gone to this yet? This is Fine Woodworking's offering as sort of their new, if you're new to woodworking, this is something you're going to be interested in type of site. Have you guys checked it out? Yes. Startwoodworking.com. Um, what do you think? You know, I only spent a few minutes over there tonight um, and while I was uh, scarfing down my, my double layer pizza. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing, I don't know if it's just me, but just the initial impression when I went to it is it almost looks like uh, the knots just with a different color. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it moves around that way. Um, you can, you can kind of click back and forth on there. Like I said, I didn't go very deep. I just scratched the surface on it, but I, I, I can see where I think you, you could get a lot from it. My only question is I, again, cause I haven't gotten into it very deep. Is, is it going to be user generated or is this again, kind of the, the fine woodworking taking their staff and putting all the content and just kind of like, we want you to comment on it, but we don't want you to produce something for it. Yeah, it's it's tough to tell right now just looking at it immediately because it is new. It's not completely, you know, it's not really populated so much to the way it might look a couple months from now. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, on the surface level, it just looks like regurgitated content from the regular site. Um, yeah. But when I click on the community tab, I do see it says get involved and you can create a profile, post plans, post photos, post your shop, ask a question, an event, uh, stuff like that. You can even create a group. How useful that becomes over the course of time, uh, you know, that that's always one thing that we never really know until people start digging into it. Um, will it become a mini knots, you know, or will you know, some of the attitude that exists in knots, will that eke over here? Or is this a attempt at separating, you know, the people who don't necessarily want to deal with the hardcore folks who might be on the regular site? Um, I don't know. I'm just speculating here, but right. it, sh it should be interesting to see how it plays out. What, what did you think, Shannon? Well, I was actually contacted by Fine Woodworking when they were working on this yeah. um, and, and asked if I'd be interested in contributing. So the idea is supposed to be a user-generated content. Um, but uh, there were I think there were a few issues when they were getting it started and set up. I actually do have a profile to post um, content, but it, I believe it's just like like a Lumberjocks where you can have your own blog and you can post whatever content using that 
you know, community type uh, setup. Uh, what I don't know, like if you go to the main page, if remember there was like a um, you know series of videos on the main page, I don't know how you would get a video on that main page. Um, I, I get the feeling it's not like. You know, like in Lumberjocks where it just kind of randomly populates things yeah, on, it's, on the main page. They still maintain that top-level control over it. Yeah, right. so I don't honestly know. And and frankly, I haven't I haven't posted anything. Um, they they brought it up and I said, sure, I'd be interested. And then I launched the Hand Tool School and it was kind of like See life went away. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really should go over and do something. Gosh, if nothing else, the marketer in me tells me I should go over and do something because there's another exposure element there. But um I think it's supposed to be, you know, if they get enough user participation, I think it could be, but you know, that's when you're running into, you know, another place to post projects, another place, another forum, another, you know, at some point it gets hard to keep up with when you've got a forum as awesome as Wood Talk Online. Word you know. up. Well, <laughs> it, well, it makes you wonder too, if, if they are going to continue to maintain that top level control and, and skim the community for what they think is good enough to make the front page. It's kind of, you know, if you really are going for community, that's not really the way you want to go about it. Um, like you said, Lumberjocks, for instance, if you just put video into your uh, tags, it shows up in the sequence on the front page. So right. granted, yeah, some people make better videos than others, but that doesn't mean that someone should be pushed to the back, you know, just because an editor made a decision that this one isn't good enough for it. So my hope is that they will allow it to go more on the community side of things, but my guess is that they won't. Um, I know they do like to control the message to an extent. Uh, so I, I well, it, it is supposed to be the content is supposed to be for starting woodworking, obviously, because right. it's startwoodworking.com. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things that you know they, the email correspondence that I had was you know we want we want to have like simple projects weekend type projects nothing that's going to be too daunting um you know we're trying to engage beginning woodworkers and things like that and uh you know i i like the idea but i also i i personally when i look at a lot of my audience a lot of my audience is asking for things that aren't really beginning anymore i can't say that they're super advanced uh, there's certainly a lot of beginners in my audience, but because there's so much content already out there, mm -hmm. I think a lot of them, you know, they're not really looking for those things. They're looking for slightly different, more challenging type projects, whether they do it or not. You know, they've got the idea of how to build a cutting board. Thanks to Mark Spagnola, we all know how to build a cutting board, <laughs> you know, and, and that was the example that I was given in this email from Fine Woodworking, well, let's talk about cutting boards. And I was just like, oh, good God. Yeah. You know, no more cutting boards. <laughs> well, and truthfully, <laughs> you know? with, with the amount of info that's out there, how long does the average new woodworker stay in this start woodworking mindset? Uh, where Seriously. They, you know, I it mean, becomes, it becomes self-limiting is what it really becomes because they, they are afraid that they're not moving forward. You know, they don't have the confidence, which is what it really comes down to. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you take a guy like, um, like Vic Hubbard, you know, that cradle he built. Yeah. When I found out that was his oh, first project, wow. I was like, you suck. You know, I yeah. mean, but, but that's frankly, frankly, what, what's happened with so much content and so much information out there. It's, in, it's empowering woodworkers to go out and try these other projects. And they realize that it's just step by step, you know, do this bit, this little bit, then this little bit and attention to detail and every little step will allow you to build, you know, this incredible stuff. I guess once you get into more of the carving and things like that, but even then, a lot of times carving is just like paint by numbers, you know, proper yeah. layout and carved to this depth and you're good to go. But I think because there's 
the the arts and mysteries, if you will, have been dispelled because of a lot of this content, people are like, heck yeah, I'll build a chair, you know, and, and I'll fail miserably doing it, but it'll be fun. Yeah, you well, and, so, and I think half I think of the time, awesome. a, a lot of people, the block that they have that's between them and making something great is mental. It's just they see the finished product and they don't right. see the path to get there. And a lot of yeah. what we do and a lot of the things that, uh, you know, our friends and people that we hang out with online, a lot of what these people are doing is demystifying it and saying, no, this is a very simple series of steps. Now, here's the steps. And then you see this enough times. There are no, you know, limitations. You don't see a wall that says, oh, I can't build that. And that's why somebody like Vic you know, while he's been building his shop for the past couple of years, has been adding to his bank of knowledge. And then when the time came that everything was ready to go, he knocks out this amazing piece because he's been thinking about it and he's been training, even though he hasn't had his hands on the tools yet. So it's almost like, you know, he'll his hands will catch up with what's in his head and it's just going to be an amazing thing. Yeah. Right. By yeah. the way, Vic, you owe me five bucks for that. Ah! <laughs> uh, you know, I do want to mention, if you, if anyone else has been to the site and you've got some opinions on it or you want to just chime in about what we were just talking about, the you know woodworking information that's general generally available to new woodworkers, give us a call. Um, I did have a couple people call while we were talking about other things and I couldn't pick up, so sorry about that. Uh, but it's 623-242-2450 if you want to chime in about the uh, the new fine woodworking website. Right. You know, I, I, I'm just going to follow up on that real quick. And I, I, I like the idea that if this can be something that is truly for the beginner, because I don't know about you guys, but the first time I, I ever like saw Fine Woodworking Magazine on the newsstand, my thought was, well, well someday I'll open that magazine because I'm not ready for it yet. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I, there's that part of me that wonders if they're if they're going to go for that, you know, th that idea, the, the people that have that mentality, which is you know, we, we, you definitely hit on that. And as for uh, Vic, um, I'm just going to track that up to um, beginner's luck. It won't happen again. <laughs> do you think they're going to yeah. do you think they're going to push a lot of this stuff off of the other site? Like you won't necessarily be able to find some of these more beginner friendly things. Hmm. That's a good question. I, Interesting. I, I think my opinion for what it's worth, uh, I, I think it would be kind of interesting if they did do that. And they said, you know, almost like almost like this is middle school and someday you'll be in high school. <laughs> right. And so go from there. Uh, but at the same time though, I think it would almost be a shame if they did do that because some of that stuff that could easily be, be pushed onto the so-called beginner thing um, is something that if they saw it in the advance, they would realize it's not that difficult, you know, right. and not be so intimidated by it. I don't know. That's, that's my mind thought on it, but yeah. You know, the one thing I wish they would do stop with the damn Google ads that are bigger than the header for your website. Yes. <laughs> it's like, you know what? The, the only thing, the real gripe I have, and this is such a picky thing, but as someone who thinks a lot about the way a site looks, um, when you have that giant Google ad at the top, you know what that looks like? That looks like a GeoCities site. And anybody <laughs> who's been around for a while knows what I'm talking wow. about. It looks like a generic template that you're just part of this thing that you didn't pay for. And you're forced mm -hmm. to have this big fat ad up top. And it's like, dude, come on. It, it, feel, it just feels like you're disrespecting your own brand by having the ad be as big or bigger than your logo. Yeah. Okay. That's I, I don't mm -hmm. want to get in, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that, but. <laughs> you're such a jerk. You know, I mean, I, I whatever. It's just one don't, of those little pet peeves. You don't want to poke Google. Not a good idea. No, I like Google. I'm just saying. All right, you know, good. You covered yourself. You know, focus on the other four ads that are on the website. 
Right. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, enough about that. And what do we have here next? I was totally lost. I'm not on my. Uh, oh, that's okay. I, I threw Matt. something into this around the web. Um, there's a, a a newsletter. Hey, we get newsletters all the time. There's a woodworking news winter newsletter. Um, I subscribe to this just because once in a while they've got some really neat things. And something that caught my eye. Um, we all know that Ryobi seems to be at the heart of the whole incident with. Um, <laughs> the sauce I don't know. King. Oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah. Well, apparently they've got a couple of recalls going out right now, which just kind of cracked me up. Although, uh, if you own one of these, you might want to consider taking a look at having this fixed. The first one, apparently, Ryobi is uh, recalling cordless drills due to fire hazard. Um, basically, what it is is they have a barbecue option that you uh, need to take care of. Apparently, they received 47 reports of the drill overheating, smoking, melting, or catching on fire, including 12 pro- reports of property damage to homes or vehicles. Um, so, so that's- so that's if not you, a feature, then I guess. I guess not. I was thinking <laughs> it was part fire. of the, the yeah the, the flame throwing, you know, because <laughs> right. it was sold back in January of two thousand one to two thousand three. So smoking laws back then were a little lax, and I'm thinking this was part <laughs> of like you know one of those need a light. We've got that covered. Nice. So anyway, so uh, if you ch- if you have one of these, they, of course they have the the model number uh, HP eighty eighteen oh two M cordless power drill. If you own one and you're noticing your hands getting hot, that might be the reason. Go ahead and get it fixed. The other thing is happens to be uh, the Ryobi R two S twenty portable table saw. Now the issue with this one apparently it has something to do when I read the article about the blade is set in the saw slightly crooked so when you turn the blade on it starts throwing metal back at you as it's coming up through the tabletop hmm. um yeah people seem wow. to have an issue with this and That's it was odd. sold exclusively zero clearance insert yes yeah and then there's the giant gap to the side um <laughs> so anyways uh they were sold from july 2010 to october 2010 uh amazingly for about 200 dollars. so if you own one of these and you've been noticing chunks of metal flying at you while you're using it you now have a way to get it fixed you know what you need it reminds me of that april fool's thing that fine woodworking did a while back with that full metal shield that goes like the new kickback (laughs) protection device (laughs) is is a piece of steel in front of you um yeah that's awesome wow well that's a good good update though at least uh we should we should probably keep an eye on that stuff if there are um you know major recalls and stuff like that we should probably try to to announce them on the show good good catch matt Hey, no problem. I'm thinking that the one with the cordless drill, though, with it catching on fire, given how cold it has been around here lately, that is probably an added benefit. So (laughs) you might want to wait till the spring before you turn that one back in. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. It's it's not a problem. It's a hand warmer. That's right. A very warm (laughs) hand warmer. Feature, not a recall. That's right. Yeah. So, and, and one more thing I have on here, and this one could have gone up with the blogs or something. Uh, Anthony Hayes cabinet maker, you know, from Colonial Williamsburg, I do believe they have their own blog. I figured this would be one of those things. Eventually they'd work up to telegraph, but they're jumping <laughs> forward and they're going with a full on blog. In fact, I think the first post on there was the harpsichord maker that they have in, in house. And basically the harpsichord maker was giving a, uh, a, a reason why they need to have a harpsichord maker in the house. So it's a really interesting blog, and I know they've got a few more up by now, and it, it's it's definitely it, it's worth worth a look. Um, nice. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it's I, it's really good. Yeah, I got I a lot of a things to about it. It's pretty dang cool. I got a lot of things to add to my RSS reader. I'm, I'm glad we do this. You guys, let me know about all the, the stuff that I'm missing. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and go out on record and say that the Anthony Hay Cabinet Maker blog was my idea because. <laughs> 
I, I, I love Williamsburg. What can I say? I go to there. They have quite a few blogs over there. Anytime they build something new, they put up a blog on it. Like right now they're rebuilding the, the armory and they're actually doing a full blog on it, which is nice. kind of cool. Oh, um, wow. But about a year ago, I had dropped a comment in one of their blog posts because they mentioned something about the joiners. And I said, you know, it would be really cool if the joiners or the cabinet makers started their own blog. So it was my idea. I'm just going to say that now. Well, that's good. And, no, know, perfect. Kudos. I believe they you. They came around to, to listening to me. It's about time. Now there's a blog. Yeah. Well, now that I know you're the, the person to go on the end, I'd like to get this blog for Spoken Wood Podcast. What's your connection so I can have it? <laughs> I'm actually going to uh, – seriously, I'm going to be down there in uh, about four weeks. I think they would probably be cool for it. They'd do it. Sweet. All right. Well, in that go. case, I'll have to send you my, uh, 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 my link. So you have to send him I, your new email address so he can get in touch with you. Oh, uh, yeah. you know what? Maybe, maybe we'll just talk on the next Wood Talk Online. <laughs> Changing that email address. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the common task quiz. We did this a couple episodes ago, and that actually was uh, quite a hit. A lot of people said they really liked it. So I figured I'd throw a few little curveballs out there. And the All idea right. is we'll, I just have these random things that are problems or things that we might confront in the shop, and we will quickly try to address what we would do to fix that problem. Um, okay, I'm doing my warm-ups right now. I'm getting myself ready like Gary Gnu. I'm all right. going. And when I read my... the question, I'll, I'll say your name, and that means you have to go first. Okay. So I could try to split it up a little bit. All right, so you're making a bookshelf, Matt, and it appears that your shelf is too tight in the day-do. What do you do? I go out to the garage and get my sledgehammer. Great answer. Shannon? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, serious answer. No. Uh, uh, what I would end up doing is more than likely um, I would have to probably head back over, either take my, depending on whether I made the dado with my router or uh, with the table saw, it's a matter of just a micro adjustment or preferably, well, let's just go with that. I'm just going to go with that. That's more than likely what I'm going to do at this point is you're, micro adjustment on my fence and hope to God I get it going in the right direction. So you're going to, you're going to widen the dado a little. Just slightly. Shannon. I'd grab my side rabbit plane and take a couple passes to widen the dado. You guys are braver than me. I would just thin out the panel. Yeah, but that takes more work. What? A couple passes with a smoothing plane and I'm done. I'm done. Whoa, that threw me out of left field. Mark and a smoothing plane? Um, Look, you is must this 2012? Not, you is must the world not, ending? You must not watch my show, sir. Because I do use my, I I have use my and planes. I still, I'm looking blind. I'm like, I'm, I'm watching the wrong show. All right, let me, give the, let me give an honest answer. I throw it through the drum sander. There you go. <laughs> Does that sound that better? That sounds more like it. <laughs> okay, well, now, I mean, are you, are you thinning out the entire shelf with a smoothing plane? Uh, well, it depends. How if, wide is the shelf we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can do a cross-grain cut on the edge of the board. I mean, I've done that before, but I have a side rabbit plane now. It's like the most specialized tool in my shop and yeah. it kicks butt. So yeah, if it's um, a, if it's a severe problem, you know, I'm probably just going to send it through the drum sander. If it's a slight issue where it's just like, okay, I can get this in with the dead blow, but otherwise it's too tight. Um, you know, that's maybe one or two passes, a couple thou, you know, with, with a smoothing plane, I would actually just treat the edge. I'll just take a couple a couple pieces, you know, the late, the last yeah. two, so just two or three inches. Taper the edge, in other words. Yeah, totally, and that's that would be yeah. completely undetectable, but it would give you a nice, perfect fit, and you wouldn't have to take the entire shelf down. And if you have some variability from one side to the other, maybe one side fits perfect, and the other one is just slightly tight. That's you know, I would consider that a decent solution that no one would ever know that you did. All that right, never happens <clears> to me. All my joinery is dead identical. It's always perfect. Okay, yeah. same question. Only this time, your shelf is too loose. Shannon, what are you going to do? Shelf is too loose? Yeah, it's too, it's wobbly. 
and uh, it's it's would, too loose and you can't just fudge it with glue i would oh. probably just glue on a little strip right at the edge um, right at the edge of the board oh, or like, the edge like of the shelf the, rather the, bo- the bottom mm-hmm. side of the shelf or something yeah and then fit it in and if anything is sticking out i can kind of come in and clean that up with a chisel okay matt what would you do anything different uh, Nope, ditto. That's about where I would go. I would end up adding a small strip and no, and just I already said that. You gotta have a new one. Okay, you know, sometimes I would simply go back to my stock and cut a brand new one and pretend like that never existed. There you go. There you- I would either go. Uh, I'd either go to Shannon's house and say, "Hey, can you put that little strip on the bottom of this for me?" Um, or I would just, you know, I would probably just cut a new piece and put that other piece in a scrap pile. Actually, my, my third answer is I would use uh, pocket hole joinery to uh, pull it together. <laughs> there you go. Or just a crap load of epoxy. That's, yeah. yes. That's my fourth answer. Okay, here epoxy we go. And that, um, and that like foam gap filler stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's classic. None of the poly stuff. Um, Matt, this is for you. You go to do okay. a final smoothing on a board, and no matter what direction you go, you're getting tear out, and you know that your plane is sharp. What are you going to do? I immediately go to my card scraper, whether it's my my scraping plane or just simply the card scraper itself, and I'll go to town on that. And then, if necessary, I'll probably just uh, follow it up with uh, I'll hit it with some two twenty sandpaper and call it all good. Nice, I like it, Shannon. Rub the board with mineral spirits and do it again. Try it again. Ooh, That's yes. So the mineral spirits is going to soften the fibers a little <laughs> bit, be a little bit yeah, more it's forgiving. It's probably right? an ingrain issue, a switchback ingrain that I'm getting. So yeah. Um, I mean, the, the scraper would work as well, but if I already have tear out, um, it's going to be, I think, faster and cleaner to remove the tear out using, you know, wet the board and use a, a, a smoothing plane. Sure. But then again, I could make the tear out worse and then I'll go to the scraper. <laughs> Which is always, always the risk, right? It's like, oh, crap, look what I did. Let me try this. Oh, crap. It's even worse. Uh, yeah. So if I'm being completely honest, drum sander. Oh, heck yeah. All right. Damn you and your honesty. That would probably be my answer. You know what? There's a reason why I bought one. And uh, there's a lot of solutions to problems with a drum sander. Maybe your fascination with a drum sander is because, you know, when you're sanding, you're also a drummer. So you're a drum sander. Mm, That's deep, Mm, Matt. Yeah. Very deep. All right. So we've got a few iTunes reviews. We like to reward folks who give us five-star reviews. And we uh, don't reward people who give us less. And we encourage you to go to iTunes if you subscribe to uh, any of the shows or our individual shows or would talk online. You can get them all there at iTunes and leave us a little review. And, uh, of course, if you do, we'll give you a little shout out on the show. So let's read a couple of these because this is always fun, especially the people's names. That's usually the the funnest part of this. So (laughs) our first one that gave us a five-star review is Bacon Bacon. My favorite uh, meal, always. Already has Matt excited. He says, I love listening to the podcast, and I gave it five stars because that's what Matt said to do. Uh, that's excellent. And I'm just going to say go out and give it another five stars. And that's that's perfectly honest, and I love it. So that that's perfectly nice. fine. So does well, that make me like the new Frankie, like Matt said? <laughs> Matt said, yes. <laughs> Frankie says. Well, Chris H. said... I don't have an enormous, interesting spelling, an enormous amount of time enormous. to listen, which is unfortunate for me. That is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I catch up on business trips. It's the best way to pass the time on a plane or in the car. I can't wait to get back home and look into everything I learned from these guys. Nice. Shannon mm-hmm. is a nice addition. Awesome. There you go. This is the absolute best way to stay current on the worldwide web of woodworking. Thanks, guys. Cool. Well, thank nice. you, Chris. Chris H. Chris H. 
All right. And the next one up, um, I'm going to take this one. It's I buy power, which is definitely that that's my other name that I go by um, (laughs) elsewhere, though. Not not on iTunes. Just I don't want anybody thinking I give our own iTunes review. But I buy power says, I love this show. It's nice. They take woodworking seriously, but not themselves. Wait a minute. I take myself serious every day. We thought we thought it was the opposite, actually. I don't take you seriously. So that's okay. (laughs) Oh, in that case. (laughs) All right. uh, The last one is from Dublin Mark. With a K, he says, it's nice to have another hour-long podcast to block out my wife, kids, and the new we. Great show with lots of items of interest to any woodworker. And, you know, again, another honest review. <laughs> and Dublin Mark is now living single in a small one-bedroom apartment Recently with no Recently divorced to Dublin Mark, yeah. Oh, well, thanks, guys. We really appreciate the reviews, mm-hmm. so uh, keep leaving them, and we'll keep uh, mentioning them on the show. Uh, you know, we are going long in this episode. You guys okay with the time, or um, should we cut yeah. some things out? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. All right, we'll try and plow through this stuff. And, uh, you know, I will once again invite people to call. I know this is something new, so people are going to be a little bit hesitant to, uh, to to dial. But if you want to, once again, uh, phone number is 623-242-2450. And I guess I could just give you my Skype name, too, if that makes it easier for people. But I think I have to accept them as a contact first. I'm not sure. Either way, it's Mark Spag, M-A-R-C-S-P-A-G, and we'll get you on the show. Okay, emails. We got one from Will Wilson, and this is kind of a little discussion point for us. Might be a great one for someone to chime in on, too. He says, I really want to be a good furniture maker, and I'm torn about how and when to use plywood. I've used a lot of it, but recently spoke to a quote-unquote professional maker, and he said that fine furniture never uses plywood. Problem is, uh, if I ever want to sell this stuff for some extra scratch, I almost said cash, but he says scratch, I need to keep it at least on the upper end of affordable, which uh, which I think will mean some plywood where it makes sense. Uh, what are your thoughts and design principles on this? Maybe you could do a little We'll Talk Online Radio with the boys and chat it up. Um, so, yeah, I probably, sorry, just got a <laughs> private message from John telling me I probably want to go with something other than my name for Skype. Uh, but he's uh, he's probably right, I do. Uh, let's see if I can get, we actually do have someone coming in. Maybe he can chime in on this. Okay. Uh, let's Sweet. see if I can add this to the call. Oh, no, he wants me. Okay, I just did a... I'm get, I, forgive me, I'm new to adding people to the conference call, so we'll see how this goes. Um, he didn't actually call yet. Anyway, okay. so what do you guys think? Plywood and fine furniture. This guy says that he spoke to, says that plywood doesn't have a place in fine furniture. Um, what do you think? Well, let it me is... jump in on this one because... Uh, uh, no. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Wait, what? No. Caller, are you there? Seniority, <laughs> you got it. Go Hello? for it. Hello? <laughs> well, the other reason I'm going to jump in on this one first is because the project that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, highlighting right now on the show, I did use plywood in this, and uh, I haven't heard one bit of concern from uh, my clients. Even though they are friends, uh, they are actually extremely finicky about the pieces that they have in their house, and they, they were absolutely ecstatic with the results. I, I think the big difference is so many people – associate plywood with being cheap because if you buy cheap plywood, it's going to look cheap. It's going to come out cheap. And in fact, that's one of the things I just did in the most recent episode is I tried to show you a big difference between premium plywood and and the junk that you could just pick up at one of the big box centers. It's all about the veneers. And if the veneers actually look like the same type of decent quality solid wood material that you would get – 
to be honest with you, the majority of people aren't going to notice. In fact, you usually have to point these things out to people that, hey, that's plywood. And they might give you that look like, so it's wood, right? That, that's not what you're talking about. Um, I know a lot of old timers are like, you know, and not even necessarily old timers. There, there are plenty of people out there that are extremely finicky and totally against the idea of using plywood in anything. But I say short of trying to rebuild uh, a, a piece to, to, to make one in, in period fashion, um, there is nothing wrong with going with plywood as long as you go with at least something that, that, that's premium so that you're going to get the results that would be extremely similar to, if not equal to, solid wood. That, right. That's my whole look on it. All right. Hold on just a second. Mike Mater is giving us a call. Let's pull him into the call. Hello, Mike. Caller, are you there? Uh, oh, there goes Mike Mater. He, easy oh come, God. easy Mike. go, fellas. That was our first call and our first failure. Oh, um, so if he if he calls back, I'll just throw him in right in the middle of us talking, and it'll be completely um, nonsense. Oh, here we go. Let's see if we can add him this time. Mike, you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How's it going, hey, brother? Mike. Hey, Mike. Welcome. So hey. do you have a comment about uh, this plywood thing, or is this in relation to something else? comment about this plywood thing. Uh, back to the shaker comments from earlier. I think if the, if the shakers had plywood, they would use it. <laughs> That's true. I think so too. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's it's plywood. If you, like like Matt was saying, if it's good quality plywood used as a substrate, or even just with a you know the commercial veneer on it incorporated properly, I think the piece one might argue can even last longer and look better a hundred years from now. I'll, I'll go with that argument. Yeah. It's certainly more stable. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what I'm thinking. So, Mike, do you do you use a lot of plywood in your work? I do use a lot of plywood. And do you wind up doing home sawn veneers, or you just go with the the regular uh, commercial veneer that's on there? I usually go with the commercial veneer, and then you know if I see get an, um, an ingrain issue, um, I'll usually line it with some, uh, a hardwood. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, that's uh, to me that's standard practice on a lot of projects. And if you're uh, building for clients and you're doing a lot of cabinetry, you know, it's it's a hard sell to do solid wood all over the entire piece. You do need to incorporate some stuff that's just not going to move, and and plywood is a great way to do that. Uh, so, anything else, Mike? Before I let you go, that should be it. Cool. Well, thanks for calling, brother. We'll uh, we'll definitely call in on the on the next show or anything else you have to to make a comment on. We appreciate it. And, and for being our first caller, we have no parting gifts for you, but thanks and uh, admiration. <laughs> Other than the honor of being the first caller. Mike Mater, the very first caller. We <laughs> appreciate made it. history, Mike Mater. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have to say, first of all, Matt, how many licks does it take to get to the substrate of a veneer? Because that's all I could think of when I was watching your, yeah. your videos. <laughs> I, how many I licks does to... it take to get to the center of that plywood? I had to stop because my thumbs started to get such severe burns that I, I, I quit. And I, I actually got to the point, I'm like, oh, this is hot. Damn, was that, you, was that you were 12? on like scrape number 27. And I'm like, yeah, I see smoke. <laughs> well, it felt like know, that. Th there's, there's another issue here. Um, and, and first of all, when, when I actually started working for Jay Gibson McIlvain, um, the quality of the plywood, I had no idea. Matt, I was like you. I was like, seriously, that's plywood? Oh, my God. That stuff is awesome. So I guess I've just never had really, really good plywood until you see, like, the really, really good stuff yes, that you're yeah. paying, you know, $100 a sheet for or whatever. Um, but th there's, a, there's a deeper issue here. I, I'm very, very tired of this you-can't-do-that attitude, yeah. you know. And, and this is the type of thing that's, that's killing woodworking. 
and and for that matter, anything, any kind of craft, you get these people that are, you know, they honestly want to do something well, and they're afraid to do it for fear that the establishment will say, that's not fine furniture. And I just think that's stupid. You know, that's just silly. Mm -hmm. Um, And and again, you know, thank you, Mike. Um, What would the Shakers do? You know, for that matter, what would Thomas Chippendale do? He would have used plywood on his drawer bottoms. And I end up using plywood on my drawer bottoms too because, frankly, gluing up drawer panels is not very much fun. And, you know, every now and then it's fun to hand bevel the bottom to fit into the groove. But most of the time it's just a pain in the butt. So if I have a piece of quarter-inch ply that is going to fit nicely in there and I don't have to worry about wood movement, then I'm going to use it, you know, and I don't care. I personally don't like having to edge band plywood, that is kind of tedious as well. So that's kind of the the trade-off for me. I have to figure out, well, if I'm going to use this, am I going to have to edge band it? But I just, I think it's, it infuriates me when I read stuff like this. And I'm sure you guys are the same. I get emails like this all the time. And like the, the tone of the email is almost apologetic. Um, right, I mean, yeah. I get them from a, from a power tool perspective. Like people write saying, you know, I'm sorry, I use my table saw for this, but I was curious. And I'm like, I don't care <laughs> as long as you're in the shop woodworking. Yeah. I'm not going to say, you know, ooh, you should have cut that with a handsaw. But I get these questions about, you know, I had, I used plywood. Sorry about that. And it's like, that's just ridiculous. You know, if you're happy with the piece and it looks good and you consider it to be fine woodworking, then enough said. Yeah, like, it, well, it's and part of it is is not just the elitist, you know, attitude. It's, it's what you're talking about, Shannon, where people almost feel like they're part of a club and members of this club have to behave a certain way. Um, you know, like and people joke around with me about using power tools and are joking around when I actually use a hand tool. And it's like I've been using hand tools for a long time and I've always incorporated <laughs> them into my work. I don't know right. why I got this, you know, sort of um, reputation as being a just a power tool guy. And now, Shannon, you're getting the reputation as just a hand tool guy. And, and like it or not, people are going to do that and say, oh, I know you probably wouldn't approve, but I use my table saw to do this. And it's like, uh, th- what does it matter? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you know, the real irony is, is <clears throat> I'm going to be releasing a hand tool school lesson uh, hopefully later tonight, depends on how long this podcast goes. But, um, you know, it's, it's sliding dovetails and all the lesson is about is the joiner itself. So the person who really pays attention will see the power joiner marks on the practice piece I'm working on. <laughs> it's a piece of mahogany that I brought home from the office. And, you know, it was like it was already <laughs> S2S, um, S2S. So I just went ahead and did the edges on the joiner. It was, I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, nice. there's all of my right. videos, there's freaking power joiner right behind me in the shot. You know, am I going to claim that I never, ever use a thing? You know, sometimes I do. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just silly. There just seems to be this, you know, you can't do that. That's bad. Yeah. Can or can't. And it's, it's never the absolute that some folks make it out to be. Um, You know, the other thing is if, especially, you know, if you're getting into the sheet good thing and you get into making your own veneer, I mean, if you want to talk about making a super stable, but also something that has the look and feel of solid wood, make your own veneers and put that on some sort of a, uh, you know, man-made core material and, and then put the edge banding on it. And now you're talking about something that is just going to be rock solid and you've got a nice thick veneer on there. So you don't have that concern about the, you know, what is it? The 142nd of an inch thin veneer layer. You've actually right. got something that's almost an eighth of an inch on top of there. And now you've got sort of the effect of solid wood and man that's a great way to build a project and you know what they did it in the 18th century too Word up. <laughs> you know how do you think i make demi loon tables they block up the substrate using other cross grain type stuff for a very stable front and then they apply a hands-on veneer to the front of it 
Yeah. yeah. Plywood is not this brand new idea. Plywood's been around a long time. Well, let's let's not forget plywood is really just solid wood. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> you know just the, layered solid wood. <laughs> well, the one nice thing though with with plywood, and what the one reason why I chose to go with it on my recent project is the fact that it would be easier for me to get the um, you know, the, the, the plies to have the, the matching grains all the way all the way across it than it would be for me to spending a lot of time, which I don't have in the in the lumber yard, trying to match up my boards so that I get that look. I'm guaranteed I'm gonna get more uniform color, at least with the premium grade that I'm buying, mm-hmm. uh, versus if I did the other one, because a lot of times I'm still not good enough when it comes to doing rough lumber to look at it and be able to say, okay, this color is going to match once I plane this, that grain's going to match. And, but if I made shop made veneer, like what you're talking about, obviously you still have that benefit. You can do that, but you know, I don't have that time. So I said, Hey, uh, Mr. Premium plywood man, drop it off. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and, and, cut veneer, good stuff. And just, <laughs> you know, as a heads up, if you're wondering what premium plywood is in terms of uh, cost, I find that Sort of the dividing line between the good stuff and the bad stuff starts at about fifty bucks, um, right? You know, and if you're yeah. going to the the home store, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever, that is where you're going to find. Unless they got like a special shipment of the good stuff, which doesn't happen all the time, most likely you're looking at what forty dollars to fifty bucks a sheet, and it's generally, you know, for the most part, crap. Um, right. Yeah. So if you go to your hardwood dealer and you get some good quality cabinet grade plywood, expect to pay somewhere between fifty and a hundred dollars, depending on the species and the grade. Uh, but it is right. well worth it when you start working with that stuff versus the potato chips waiting to happen that that you would get at uh, you know Home Depot and Lowe's. Right. You guys yeah. ever seen one inch thick plywood? Yes. Yes. It's yeah. awesome. Yes. yes. It's <laughs> so cool looking. Yeah. Well, I, what, there's the, like the twenty four veneers in there. It's yeah, just awesome. It's insane. What, the material that I ended up using in this, you know, we always talk about how plywoods, they come in a, a the, the size isn't quite three quarters of an inch. This one was three quarters of an inch. So that actually threw me off because I suddenly had all these router bits that were made for, <laughs> you know, for plywood. These and are I'm too like, small. Damn it, these aren't wide enough. <laughs> yeah, that so doesn't happen words, at all. data was too narrow. So, how'd you yes. <laughs> so I had to go get that sledgehammer. <laughs> nice. That's, that's the way to do it. All right. Um, you know, I'm going to skip these last two things because we are running really long here. We'll maybe pack these on to the next show. Um, all right, let's run into Tom's tip and that's all we got for submissions, which is fine. Come we, on people, you must submit. We won't, uh, we won't, we won't get on Carrie's case about that or, or Adam's case about that. Uh, let's see. Tom's tip. Uh, this is actually a good one and it can really be sound up as RTFM for those. Actually, this one's pretty good as compared <laughs> to the other ones. Tom's this done. one's good. Cause the other ones just always suck. All right. They're so difficult. Love you, Tom. All right, here we go. Tom's tips. That's right, I said Tom's tips. I didn't say Tom's lips. I said Tom's tips. Hello, everyone. It's Tom Iavino from Tom's Workbench, and it's time for another one of Tom's tips. If a tool you own isn't running properly and you're getting frustrated, don't panic. Take a step back, draw a deep breath, and start looking for the tool's instruction manual. Once you have it in hand, meticulously go through the setup procedures from square one. How do I know this works? Well, let's just say that a simple adjustment would have prevented years of issues with my bandsaw. Are you looking for a good time Mm -hmm. that involves woodworking? Mm -hmm. Hey, who isn't? You can connect with woodworkers from around the corner or around the world at the Wood Talk Online community. Just visit woodtalkonline.com and let the fun begin. 
It's All right. awesome. That it is. Thanks for that tip, Tom. And if uh, you want to learn more stuff from Tom Ivino, you can go to tomsworkbench.com. And in fact, he mentioned some uh, issues that he had with his bandsaw that he, I guess, for years has been struggling with and realized, I think it was just like the belt wasn't tight enough. Or, you know, the motor needed to be moved a little bit to increase the tension on the belt. So he's he's got a post up there about that that is quite entertaining. Uh, and in fact, wasn't it like a love story or like he wrote some yeah. kind of like love letter to his bandsaw? <laughs> to his bandsaw. It was really clever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very funny stuff. So tomsworkbench.com is where you can get more than your fill of Tom Iovino. And uh, I can never have enough myself. I'll tell you that say, much. Where do you ever get enough Tom Iovino? True that. <sighs> I don't think it's possible, folks. I really don't. <laughs> All right. Well, I think with that, we can close this one up. We can pinch it off. If uh, Matt... wasted another hour of your life. Uh, actually. Uh, it's about an hour and a half. Hour and a yeah. half we're going on. Yeah. So, Matt, you want to give them the contact info? Absolutely not. I don't want you people calling us at all or talking to us, especially you, Shannon. Quit calling and um, emailing me. But uh, actually, I'm just kidding, folks. We do want to hear from you. You can email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com, or you can call and leave us a message on our voicemail at 623-242. Oh, my gosh. 623-242-2450. This is why I don't do telethons. Uh, You can find all three of us on Twitter at mbw podcast at Wood Whisper at Renaissance WW. You can find us on Facebook. And of course, you absolutely can find us over at woodtalkonline.com where you can hang out in the forum and uh, a stud like uh, Bob Rosieski will answer your questions for you and the rest of us will just sit in amazement and go, I wish I could do that. Ditto. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what he said. That's right. That's why we have those guys there. So, all right. Well, I think that does it for us. And we appreciate uh, Mike for calling in. And thank you guys for being here. Thank you to the chat room. We've got, geez, 128 people, I think, watching the stream, which is pretty cool. Yeah, big numbers. Big ups. All right. Until next time, we I think this was a great comeback show. And uh, hopefully we won't make it so long between shows for the next one. Actually, we were making this one extra long, so we won't be back for a long time. <laughs> this counts as two, right? I mean, yeah, it's, right. Like, it's like doing overtime. All right. Well, well, we'll catch you guys later on. Matt and Shannon, appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Peace out.